that Father Abraham. We'd be singing and dancing as Father Abraham. Well, it points to what the Hebrew people call their father. At this point in time, as we read, he was introduced to us as Abram. Uh, he hasn't had his name changed yet. The previous chapter tells us that he was born in Ur of the Chaldeans. Abram's father, Aaron, moved his little family uh, to Haran f- uh, further north. And now, blank, boom. <laughs> As you can see, this is the, uh, the Crescent uh, Peninsula there. Uh, Ur of the Chaldeans are uh, to the right. Haran is up north. And I got another slide here to uh, let you, so you can kind of look like uh, in modern borders today. Uh, Northern uh, Syria, Southern uh, Turkey there. I'm gonna leave that up there while I preach this morning. Tara, the, the father dies. And Abram is 75 years old. We get that from verse 4. And it always uh, amazes me. He's not quite midlife. He lives to 175. Uh, but midlife today, I remember when I had a 50th birthday. Uh, I was in this church. It was quite a celebration. Uh, but one of the cards I got from a so-called friend <laughs> you think 50s midlife sorry midlife halfway is more like 34 <laughs> uh, oh I still love him the Lord spoke to Abram at this time leave your country your people your father's household and go to the land I will show you and then he makes several uh, promises that I will uh, just kind of glance over at the end of the sermon. But something stood out to me. The Lord, the word of the Lord came to Abram. I was sharing with uh, Jeff earlier this week how sometimes we get the impression that uh, God and Abram are walking along and God was just always in communication with Abram. Always talking to him, kind of like uh, guiding every move, every moment. Kind of like the Holy Spirit is today, but this is pre-Holy Spirit time. What I wanted to bring out to you was uh, Genesis doesn't give us this account. That's how God communicated with him. God gives direction, and it seems to be almost 25 years before uh, we have God speaking to him again, as recorded. 25 years of silence. During that period, Abram goes through a number of crises. Without there being any reference of God speaking to him. Silence. And when he breaks his side of it, basically he repeats the same message, but then he starts uh, elaborating on the covenant. But that's another sermon. But this is 
me to thinking, the silence got me to thinking about my own personal journey and the journey of the fellow pastors that I, uh, men and women that I rubbed shoulders with while I was going to college. Almost to a T. We all knew the same at, at, at some time God had called us earlier, trying to get our attention, but for one reason or the other, our calling was postponed. But in the in-between time, life happened. Life transpired. And then God would revisit. And the same message would almost be to the T. God calling. So I ask you today, congregation, when was the last time you heard from God? I'm not talking about uh, your walk with the Holy Spirit where, uh, uh, you know, when I, when I greet the Holy Spirit, when I say something to somebody or I, my actions does something, I know right away, I have this dark cloud, if you will. And I know that I need to backtrack. I know I need to fix something. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about... Uh, when God, beyond the shadow of doubt, has let you know. And it may not have been an audio voice. I would be scared, spitless, if I heard from God audibly. But he had given me senses that I knew he was giving my attention. He wanted me to do something. He, this was from God. It was a message for me. How long has it been since you heard from Possibly you have already fulfilled your uh, uh, the calling. That's the kind of direction I'm going this morning. Have you ever talked to someone who confessed the calling but not fulfilling it? I, I remember I have. I remember seeing somebody that went to college with people and, and they just knew beyond the shadow of a doubt. You were talking to them and you thought, man, this guy is... He is committed. He is dead on. He is. Uh, he's gonna. He's gonna succeed in this quest. To find out that they're no longer pursuing this whatever. I remember uh, asking this one guy that I just knew beyond the shadow of doubt. He had skills. He had. He had the. Uh, God could use him in such a mighty way, and he said, yes to Jesus. And I go, what happened? He said, I lost my calling. And then there was, uh, they always have a reason. There's always a reason. It could be a, uh, a financial disappointment. Medical reason, uh, whatever the reason it is, it was something came in and it was a roadblock that was too big. Well, I have to tell you, uh, I knew God called me to be a preacher when I was just a young man, just a young boy. I knew beyond the shadow of a doubt that God was calling me. And I remember uh, uh, walking up to a pulpit when I just barely see over it, and somebody said, there's the next preacher. There's a, a preacher up and coming. 
But I didn't say yes. I heard. I knew. I knew God told me. I had this feeling what God wanted me to do, but yet I didn't see it through this little I couldn't see how God could possibly use me. I just, I just, just made any sense to me at all. And then life would go on, and uh, somehow I would come up with this reason why I couldn't, and then God would get my attention again, and He would speak to me. It'd be several years down the road, and uh, I would hear again that I would have more life behind me, and more reasons of why. Uh, this is such a poor choice, and you can no way you can. Now, finally, when I was 34 years old, I was actually attending this church. It's kind of ironic. I was setting, how about a remedial society? We didn't have a real evangelist. Uh, he was a pastor from Kennewick, serving as our evangelist. Almost Swanson. Uh, he wasn't really that good, even. I mean, he was fair, but he really wasn't that good. But he said this statement midway through the sermon God will accomplish his will with you or without you. And I knew he was talking to me. I felt like this was God saying, if you don't say yes this time, and you don't become obedient this time, you're not going to hear it anymore. I just, I just had that feeling. And I remember telling Kathy, I mean, I gotta say yes. I, I just gotta do it. But it made zero sense for me to say yes. I, I'm just gonna confess this to you. Academically, I just didn't have it. I could do things with my hands. I, I could, a uh, mechanic, I could. I could do almost anything with my hand. I could see a picture and, and transpose it into uh, dimensions to where I can make something identical to it. But to read a book? It just wasn't in the car. I took, I'm going to confess this, and I, you guys don't know this, but as an adult to improve myself, I took English 101 three times. And fail all the time. That's embarrassing to confess. I said yes to Jesus. That was my, I, was, I don't care. I said yes to Jesus. Don't just say anything. Anything that was negative was going to come from Satan. I just said no. I'm not going to believe it. I'm not going to allow that to, to take root in my mind. Well, Monday happens, like Monday happens every week, right? I wake up at 5, because I had to wake up at 5 and read my Bible, and I've been doing this as a habit for years now. No known sin in my life for years now. I mean, I was walking obediently, except for that one little call. I was walking for the Lord. I was living for the Lord. I get up at five in the morning so I could do my little devotional, which was to cut me apart. And it was so dry, I just did it out of duty because I thought somehow if I didn't do it, I wouldn't go to heaven or something. I was trying. 
I used to call it tell me your pieces. I read the text that morning and I was thinking, God, Henry, I'm about to walk. It's cold outside. I mean, it's still summer, but it's It just May. And it was just like, God, where are you now? I said, yes. Where are you now? How's this going to happen? This would make zero sense. I just cannot see it. So I opened up the Bible. Wasn't very encouraged. But I started to read Isaiah 1, verse 4. The word of the Lord came to me saying, I'm trying not to cry. <laughs> this is my passage of scripture. This is what I have always claimed as a minister. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. <laughs> I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Oh, sovereign Lord, I said. I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them. For I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot, to tear down, to destroy, and overthrow, to build, and to plant. I was so excited. I had to wait till everybody woke up that night to share with Kathy uh, what I read in the Bible, but I was so excited because I had a promise. My promise. When I said yes, that Sunday morning, that Monday, miracles started to happen. First miracle was uh, uh, People, former pastors, they, they found out that I was called and they gave me the opportunities to preach. God hasn't performed that miracle yet. <laughs> My first sermon, I wrote out longhand on a piece of paper. I mean, it would take probably 30 seconds to preach. But I would have another idea. So I would write it out and then I would tape it where I wanted to say it. It was horrible. My first sermon, I opened it up like this on the, the big podium, big platform. Opened it up, fold it over here, fold this out, fold this out, fold this out, and I got to this. It was like a squirrel. It was the most pathetic, embarrassing thing. I can't even read. Satan would come to say. Three pastors said, it's just any way possible to you, but God will let you go. I thought to myself, uh, well, that would be a fleece. If they would see my, they wanted my transcripts from school. And I thought, oh, that's a, that would be a fleece. 
but they would accept my transcript. <laughs> they said yes, I got there, and it was late, and I did the entry exam, and, and they called me, and they said, man, we need to, we need to talk. <laughs> uh, you didn't score high enough to get out of English 101. I was rolling. I was rolling wherever I heard that message because it's like, they're not telling me anything I don't know. <laughs> I got there just in time. We were getting unpacked. And I went, got there just in time to go to the very first chapel meeting of the fall quarter. And I walked and I go, hey guys. And they were sitting around. And then I, uh, I mean, I was excited to be there. God was working and God was moving. And, and I saw the door. I said, the chapel back here? And they go, yeah. So I opened up the door and I walk inside, shut the door. And it was dark as dark can be. I found the light switch and I walked into the closet. The cleaning closet. I shut the light out, come out, and the guy is on. I go, closet. <laughs> and I go around the corner, that was the start of my academic. <sighs> you want to know something? For the first time in my life. For the first time in my life, 34 years old, I read something. I comprehended what I read. Good. I didn't ace English 101, but I got some high scores. <laughs> <laughs> and I understood it. And I advanced to English 102 and English 103. And and that was good enough for me. <laughs> I didn't want to use any electives to take English 104. <laughs> That's when the miracle started to happen. I said yes to Jesus. No the same. Ended up in two little churches in Colorado. They teased me, they talked about circuit riding creature and my horse and 10 miles apart. And I go, well, my horse is nothing. We're talking a Harley. I mean, we got to upgrade our thinking here. I went to be ordained. You know, I fulfilled my leadership as a, a senior pastor. I was going to be ordained. I called my family. I called my friends. Told them what I was going to be. And then they told me I wasn't going to be ordained. Because part of my life between callings, I got married. My wife decided she didn't want to be married to a sailor and left me. And because I was divorced, it was very difficult to be Sorry, you won't be ordained. Part of my reasoning for taking my membership and throwing everything in Colorado was if God, you're not ordained. You're going to make this work. It's going to be you, not me. It's going to be you, Father, not me. The next year, I was going to be ordained. 
And I called my family and, and my friends, and they made appointments to come and be there, and I get to stand in the paper, and I read the mail. You're not going to be ordained. <laughs> the world can. You guys are getting here, and this is your first time getting here. This. I went women to the bedroom, shut the door, and just bawled like a baby. That wasn't a year ordained. Five years of college. Two small churches. And that wasn't good enough. I think Kathy was called back to the books. Well, my back, I don't know, but he called me and he says, You gotta quit fooling around in Colorado. <laughs> Send your resume here. They know your story, they know you. Can't take your glasses off of the headphone. <laughs> Send us your resume. Send it here. I get two, I get this little call less than 10 days from uh, District Superintendent Fletcher. He says, I got your resume here. Uh, all our churches are full except one little church, Central Washington. I said, he says, can I give me your resume? I go, yeah, I'd, I'd be happy to. Uh, get ready to hang up, he said. I go, hey, before you hang up, which church is it? Quincy Church of the Nazarene. The only church I can't fill. Quincy wasn't a very pleasant experience for us. When we left, Kathy was pretty excited. And I remember hearing her say, I will never, ever go back to Quincy. God has some humor, right? Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, this time around, it's been wonderful. Well, this time around is a lot different. <laughs> <laughs> I was interviewing, and I was talking to the uh, district superintendents of Colorado. They were in Cuomo Church of Nazarene. They were saying, are you interested? I knew my ministry was coming to a close. I, I felt like God was literally moving me on. North Dakota, South Dakota, same district. They were talking to me about church. Alaska. I really thought we were going to end up in Alaska. We were excited about it. Silence. I don't hear from anybody except for resume, flesh call. I made an appointment to come and preach in a bay. Preached. Uh, before I got home, I got this phone call saying, hey, if you take it, you've got the church. I said, well, yeah, because everything else is silent. And also I knew, I told Kathy, even if I get the minimum amount of votes, I feel like I have got to take this. I have got to take it. God wants it. <laughs> well beyond that. Then I get a call from the DSs. The one in Alaska is the one I really remember saying, hey, I just got back from my sabbatical, and we are ready to roll on this church. And I said, oh, man, I accepted a call already. And uh, Quincy Washington. 
man. He goes, oh, man. He tried to change my mind. I go, nope. This is where I'm coming. So I like to say I was on my way to Alaska and I ended up. <laughs> oh, and here I am today. I'm going to skip. What does the scripture say in Romans 4 3? Abraham believed and it was credited to him as righteousness. That's when the miracles started to happen. Hebrews 11 8, by faith, Abraham, when he was called to go to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. Isn't that exciting? When God speaks, it's faith when we act on what he says. And that's when you start to see God working. When you start saying yes to Jesus, no to Satan. 1 Thessalonians 5.24, the one who calls you is faithful and he will do it. I'm here and that's my testimony. I took that first step and then the miracle started to happen. I used to often wonder what my life would have looked like if I would have said no to Satan one time ago and yes to Jesus. Uh, where would I have been now? What could I have done through me? But I've left those all those thoughts a long way, a long time ago, because uh, I'm just thankful for this opportunity to serve and minister today. I skipped the, the blessings, uh, uh, what God would use. Because I want to leave you with this thought. Think about, think about this. God will accomplish his purpose. He will accomplish, accomplish his will. But will it be with you? I believe this is the time to say yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. Yes to Jesus. And no to Satan. And be obedient. Be obedient. Now. Starting now. <laughs> and I got a song to say. Uh, I'm sure it's 200 years old. <laughs> 